Today is Tuesday, June 22nd. The title for our devotional is The Heart. When we talk about the heart and the soul, mind, and strength for that matter, the difficulty is found in discerning how the metaphors were used to describe the various aspects of the person than how they're used today. In our culture, we generally, generally use heart to refer to the seat of the emotions. He was heartbroken, meaning he was extremely sad or in despair. Or we use it to refer to the center of the thing. The heart of the problem is how we would say it, meaning it's the center, it's the, the foundational issue that we need to drive at. But we can't just impose our understanding of the heart onto the text. Translators certainly do the best that they can, but their word choices are often very limited by language um, and by our assumptions. By language, I mean by how language changes over the course of time and how cultures infuse different meanings into language. So uh, remember, what Jesus is saying here is from the Shema, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So the heart, uh, we have to get what the heart means in Hebrew culture. And in Hebrew culture, the heart referred to the center or the source of the entire inner life. That included thinking, feeling, affections, and volition. So it was especially the source of love. The last one is not all that different from our concept today. We tend to think of the heart as the source of love as well. But we tend not to think of it as the source of all of our inner life as the Hebrews did. So this is likely why in Deuteronomy, the Shema does not include the word mind. It was implied in the term heart. They didn't have a concept of that as a separate thing. It was all included in the term heart. And then when Jesus mentions it in our text here in Mark, he includes the word mind because there was a concept of Greek philosophers uh, from Greek philosophy that contained the mind as a separate part of the human person. So it's not as if Jesus didn't have the Shema memorized and accidentally added it. He recited it every morning and every evening, as his disciples most likely did. That was what you did in Jewish culture. So the terms heart, soul, and strength, however, are so broad and so inclusive that any further understanding of what constitutes the human person, the mind here, as it grew into uh, Greek culture and their understandings, is very much included within the Hebrew concepts of these words. So Jesus here isn't necessarily exercising his authority to change the Shema. He does this uh, in one way by adding the love your neighbor as yourself to the greatest commandment. But in including the mind here, he isn't exercising his authority as the ultimate interpreter of the law necessarily because it would have been included in the Hebrew concept of the word heart. So in our discussion of the heart here, uh, we will not include the word mind, um, but I'm just explaining why Jesus included mind and did not quote the Shema exactly from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So when we talk about the heart, we're going to do so as Willard does to describe the various aspects of our being. Again, he's thought about this way more than any of us have. He's a uh, philosopher by trade. Um, and when, honestly, when I think about this too much, it makes my head hurt. As I've been trying to, as I've been studying this for this campaign, I've been trying to wrap my mind around it, and it's it's a tall order. But the point of the devotional in part is for us to go deeper and dive into this stuff. So I'd encourage you to think on it and try to come to some clarity of what we mean when we talk about the heart. 
So when he talks about the heart, he, he includes within our, our heart, the metaphor of our heart, being our will, uh, which is our decision-making center, our spirit, which he would define as our fundamental nature as distinct from our physical nature, and our heart, that is the position in the human being as the center or the core to which every other component of the self owes its proper functioning. So on the importance of the heart, Willard says we live from our heart. Our life and how we find the world now and in the future is almost totally a simple result of what we have become in the depths of our being, in our spirit, will, or heart. From there, we see our world and interpret reality. From there, we make our choices, break forth into action, try to change our world. He says we live from our depths, most of which we do not understand. He says later, what is in your heart matters more than anything else for who we become and what becomes of us. Henry Nouwen says, spiritual formation requires taking an inward journey to the heart. Although this journey takes place in community and leads to service, the first task is to look within, reflect on our daily life, and seek God and God's activity right there. Finally, uh, Paul Tripp, he says, lasting change always comes by way of the heart. Whatever rules our hearts will exercise inescapable influence over our lives and behavior. Most importantly, uh, Jesus, he says it like this in Luke 6, 43 to 45. He says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasured of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. As Jesus says, although we are known to others by our actions and our character, our actions are not merely isolated events without connection to the rest of our person. That would be to say that the things we do happen without our will or mind at, at work prior. This we know to not be true. That is not the case. This also means, however, that our actions are not the result solely of external forces acting upon us. Certainly, our internal life has been formed by events and circumstances of our past. Our internal life is yet ours, and we exercise dominion over it. So the scary conclusion to all of this is the things that we do and say, both good and bad, are the result of who we are in our hearts. Our addictions aren't solely the result of a biological predisposition. They're a result, in part, of a disordered internal life. The destructive things that we've said to our loved ones are not the result of just their behavior or our stress or anxiety, but our sick heart. Jesus makes this very clear elsewhere, elsewhere as well. In Matthew 23, uh, 25 to 26, he says to the Pharisees and teachers of the law, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, and here's what we need to see, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside also will be clean. He's criticizing them, that externally they seem to be following all of the rules, saying all the right things, doing all of the religiously pious duties of the day. But internally, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Their heart is still sick and full 
of sin. So Jesus' prescription for them is not to just do more right things. Instead, it is they need a new heart. They need to be transformed in their inner life. So tomorrow we will see this is the beginning of spiritual formation, is our hearts being transformed. And we will talk about how that takes place. For additional content today, I've linked you to the Bible Project video on the term heart as it is used in the Shema. So navigate over there and give that video a watch. So for reflection, I want you to think of the role that your heart plays in your spiritual formation. Uh, Behavioral change and practices serve us in as much as they help reform our heart. The heart must be the target of our personal formation efforts and the formation we wish to help produce in others. So have you given enough credence to your sick heart as the reason why you sin? Or have you excused it with some other explanation? If the target is your heart's formation, how does that change the way that you approach spiritual formation?